Welcome to this topical life. Real conversation, real exploration, real life stories. A discussion about life, cause life ain't a vacation. And now, here's your host, Tiffany Murphy. All right, and we are back here with Lindsay McDonald, and we um, we hope you've had a great week. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, go back and listen in um, on what we talked about last week. But this week, we are talking about the messy road of grief, and um, it's a topic that is heavy for many people um, in different walks of life and in loss, and obviously just, I mean... There's just so many um, things to have grief about, you know, and so we're just going to talk about what that looks like in the light of a relationship, um, losing a relationship, but I do think that grieving is kind of all across the board, just yeah. something we all have to deal with, yep. um, we all have to walk through, so Lindsay, I'm just glad that you're here to help us um, know what you know and what you're experiencing and just what you've gone through and you know, all that. So, um, yeah. So let's start with, uh, probably the loss of your marriage. Is that where we would start? Yeah. I think it's important to see grief is universal. Every one of, there are two kinds of people in the world. I've heard it said grief adjacent people and grief stricken people. Okay. Grief adjacent people are people who maybe haven't had to walk the road of grief yet, but, because everybody is eventually going to die, that means all of us are going to lose a loved one at some point or another, and you will move into that category of grief-stricken. And that move is a very hard move to move into that column, the grief-stricken column versus the grief-adjacent column. And so I think it's important to realize, even though we could take a micro lens and focus on um, how divorce or leaving a toxic relationship could how grief pertains to that situation you can also take a macro lens and say grief is universal and there are some very common characteristics and patterns no matter what kind of grief you're walking through and all grief is is the process of letting go that's Mm. all it is the process of letting go The process of letting go of unmet expectations, the process of letting go of dreams that are dying, the process of letting go of a person no longer with you, either physically or they have actually died. Um, So it's just the process of letting go. And all of us, because we're human, have expectations that are not going to be met our entire lives. You know, we... It can be something as small as the store didn't have the right kind of mayonnaise we wanted. I don't know. Yeah. But, or it can be huge, like losing a loved one, losing a marriage, um, losing a, the, the death of a dream job that you had that you wanted for years and years. Um, so there's two two sides to the coin of grief. Grief. L- The process of just letting go and then also turning and facing the truth. That's the other side of the coin. Like the truth as in? Of whatever your reality is. So in my situation, 
I had to, my road of grief is, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> is letting go of the death of a marriage mm -hmm. and the dreams that I had for my family and facing the reality of what was actually happening in my marriage okay. and facing the reality and the truth of what my new family would need to look like. Um, Which is complicated too because you're actually living like you're having to grieve and live your life at the same time. Oh yeah. That's what makes it so unbearable. Yes. It's like, yes. okay, one moment this way and then the next moment's this way. Yeah. And yet yeah. you're still yeah. like, how can we bring grief into our present? Yeah. And keep going. But that's not, that's we'll a different, get, yeah, we'll get, we'll get to, to that. that. But that's. It's, you're right. It's super uncomfortable. It's super raw. It is, I wish I would have learned about grief before I had walked through it. Okay. For some reason, I just never took the time to read a book on grief. Or well, who wants sit. to do? Who wants to do that? Because it is very uncomfortable <laughs> to deal with somebody else's grief. It, right. We all get awkward. We all get fidgety, and it's like, ooh, no, that's a little too messy. I don't want to get into their grief. Yeah. And so we nicely put those people aside and and point them to, oh, I know of somebody else who walked this road of grief. When we sort of like, um, with the best of intentions push people who are in grief toward somebody else that's in grief, but we don't want to deal with it. Right. We don't want to have to sit in their messy grief. Right. So I myself, I, I never took the time to really walk alongside somebody that was deeply grieving. Um, so I came into this pretty ignorant and I don't consider myself an expert. I just know what I've lived through. And I've since, of course, been ravenously reading on how does this affect people? How, oh, and realizing everybody is going to be grief stricken at some point. We're all going to move into that column. So may as well go into it educated rather than right. <laughs> uneducated like I did. Um, I've also heard it said that grief is like learning to live without a leg or without an arm. Like you, that's an easy word picture for us to go, oh, somebody who has had their both arms and all of a sudden loses one arm you can imagine daily all the little tasks they're having to relearn and r figure out how do i do this now with no left arm that's the same thing as grief you learn to you know it, it, maybe the person you lost was the person who always mowed the lawn and you never had to mow the lawn. Well, now you have to mow the lawn. Maybe the person you lost was was always the one who paid the bills. Lots of women leaving toxic relationships find themselves just overwhelmed with the financial decisions they had to make because either the financial records were kept from them as a form of control or they it just wasn't their role in the relationship yeah or they're just trying to survive whatever relationship yes. they're in kind of thing yeah mm -hmm. so if you can look at it as like oh i'm learning to live without a left arm that really helped me go it's okay that this is totally uncomfortable totally painful totally raw but it won't always be that way got it because someone who lost an arm will get used to it at one yeah. point yeah yeah we, it takes time, but we all walk through grief. I mean, sometimes more victoriously than others, and hopefully we walk through it in a healthy way. The thing about grief is you can shove it down as long as you want to, 
but it's going to appear where it's ugly. Head. So you Rear may as well walk it head. now. <laughs> right. Right. So that's kind of the perspective I've taken is, you know what? I know this isn't going to go away even if I stuff it with all my might. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not going to go away. So I may as well walk it now. Yeah. Which isn't fun. <laughs> right. Which is not fun. And it's confusing. Yeah. It it's confusing, confusing, you know? Yeah. So I wish people, some of the things that I wish people would have told me about grief is how physical it can be. So you know how, um, as a woman, we like hear everybody's labor stories before we give birth. And we're yeah. like, tell me your I won't story. go through tell that. Me. No, I won't go through that. <laughs> I wish I had like interviewed people about grief and said, what was it like for you? And I didn't. I wish I would have known how physical it was. That really took me by surprise. And what I mean by that is, um, and I've since, of course, read a lot about this and talked to a lot of people as I get to help women. It's all very common, but your taste buds can change. Who knew your taste buds could change wow. in grief? Destroy, like, is it basically the bottom line stress? You're, bo- you're under absolute stress. Yes. Your body keeps score. Your body always keeps the score. So your so taste buds, your so taste your, your buds, taste buds change? Oh, yeah. I have never liked coffee in all my 40 years what? of existence. And all of a sudden, I love coffee. Really? <laughs> yeah, that was my biggest one. Um <clears throat> Interesting. I lost, uh, it, it does one of two things with your appetite. It either makes you hungry. Um, super hungry and you find comfort in food and so you end up overeating or you lose all appetite and you forget to eat. I think most people are the latter where they just forget to eat because they're in survival mode. They're barely staying afloat. And so the thought of eating a sandwich is like... That's... Not even on the radar. No, who cares about a stupid sandwich? Right. Um, So it's very physical. People either gain weight quickly or lose weight quickly, oftentimes. Um, Sleep becomes a major, major trial. I have always slept like a baby, and I... I struggled in the sleep department. So, you know, there are tools you can, like go take some Unisom or go take some sleeping medicine. Um, I would combat that by listening to things on my phone. I'd just put the phone by my ear and listen to things that kept me grounded, kept me centered. Um, That might be a good coping mechanism for that. But sleep becomes very, very coveted because you you just don't sleep. Yeah. on the flip side of that, some people might sleep endlessly. So all of it is okay, and all of it is totally normal. And if you know that going into it, you can allow yourself to say, you know what, I need to sleep for 12 hours today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call into work and say, I need a mental health day, and that's okay. Yeah. Or putting a label to it. Yeah. Instead of saying, instead of saying I shouldn't be like this, I shouldn't be like that. Yeah. Being like, actually, this is the... The best thing for me right now. Yeah. Yep. That's huge. Yep. Um, exercise. Some people will just want to exercise all the time because those endorphins mm-hmm. are Helps. just... Yeah, they, they help a ton. 
Um, and then I wish somebody would have told me how unpredictable grief is. Um, like, do you have an example? <laughs> I have, I do have an example. I was walking through Costco one day and thankfully I didn't have any kids and the tears are always right at the surface, right at the surface. And they, and the thing is in grief, you don't, you no longer have control of your own emotions. So however, um, awesome you are at controlling your emotions before you walk the road of grief, you can just pretty much count the, that's not going to happen. That's anymore. not going to happen <laughs> okay. for a season, which is good in some way, but for yeah, get it out, get it out. Yes. But okay. So, yes. so I walked, I was walking through Costco and I passed by the undershirts, the the t-shirts that my former spouse loved wearing mm. they were his the ones i always bought for him and um in that moment i could smell those undershirts i could i instantly was back in my laundry room washing those undershirts oh, God. and i just collapsed onto my cart sobbing and i i had no control over it and it's gonna make me cry even talking about it because it's Number one, it's embarrassing. <laughs> right. But, but when you have no control over when the grief hits like that, it is so humbling and so vulnerable. And thankfully, it, it, a woman walked up to me and just started rubbing my back. She didn't say a thing. She just started rubbing my back. And it was just the most needed thing in that moment. I didn't yeah. need her to say anything. I just needed her to rub my back. And then I... After a while, I picked my head up, and I just said, thank you. And she said, I can tell you're grieving. And I said, you're right, I am. And I hate it that it's so public. Oh, my God. Because you can't control when it when the waves hit and when they don't. So, just, I wish somebody had told me, like, maybe don't go into Costco. <laughs> Well, no one would know that your freaking t-shirt, I mean, triggers, triggers are everywhere. Yes. So pass the Kleenex. Yeah. Got the, I, I luckily have some on hand, but yeah. yeah. So. Cried out, girl. Yeah, this This yeah. is a safe place. And I think that that was another really big thing for me was somebody explained to me that grief is like waves in the ocean. And um, if you can you can never outrun a wave, right? Like you're not going to outswim a wave. You're going to either face it and go under it or you're going to ride it out. But either way, you have to go through it. You have to engage the wave. Um, there's also things called sneaker waves on the Oregon coast. Anyway, we have sneaker waves, which are unexpected, unexpected, bigger waves that come in like every, I forget what it is. I don't know. Every seventh or 10th wave can be a sneaker wave on the Oregon coast. Maybe it's other I think places it's, too, but right. I've, I've, yeah. I've, but it's actually a thing. They're called right. sneaker waves, and there are signs on the beach about them. So grief has sneaker waves where you don't see it coming, and you don't have any idea that a big wave is coming. But here it comes, and bam, it hits you. And if you can face those waves and say, "I'm going to sit here and let this wave cover me for as long as it needs to, and I'm not going to run from it." And I'm not going to try to avoid it in any way, shape, or form. It will pass. And at the end of it, you'll come up for air and you'll go, okay, I did it. 
now I can move on to the next thing. And that next thing might be wiping a kid's butt or <laughs> right. whatever it is that your actual life Has. demands that you do. You just move to the next thing. And so um, that was a really helpful thing for me to be able to say, okay, here comes the wave. I see it coming. Crap. Do I want to be in this public place for it or do I want to go run to my car or do I want to run to the bathroom? Um, is there anyone around me that I can have join me in the wave? Because it is often very helpful to have somebody else just sit with you while that wave passes over you and you know that you're not alone. Just knowing you're not alone is huge and knowing that it's going to pass. It will not be there forever. So that lady at Costco when like, so giving a picture <clears throat> of what that actual event looked like, you were over your cart, just bawling, just sobbing, just sobbing, like and, straight and up sobbing. And the girl just comes up to you and grief, grief sobs are not, <laughs> they're not like calm, quiet sobs. Really? <laughs> not right. Sometimes, well, yes, sometimes I, they are, I guess, some, but, yeah, but the Costco one, no, it was that was all a full blown snotty nose, shoulder shaking, ugly cry. <laughs> You ugly cried in Costco. <laughs> it's like emotional IBS. You were out there. <laughs> you were out there. You were out there and exposed. Yes. Now, thankfully, the undershirt aisle is not one of the main aisles. So right, that's true. I yeah. have no idea if anybody else passed or heard passed well, us. You know what? Bus. Now I think it is though. Have you been there lately? No. Okay. Let no, me tell I you. Avoid it at all costs. Don't don't go back there because I do think the <laughs> shirts are. I, at least the Wilsonville one, Wilsonville, Oregon, that is, there's a Costco that has the t-shirts on the outside. Avoid it. Crap. I Don't it, they I, know that I think it changed. People? I think it changed it's on the outside now. But, okay. okay, so the lady, so how did she walk away? Like, what, how did that situation get left? She clearly had been through grief herself because she just sat there without any words and she rubbed my back and then when I finally lifted my head and my chest off the cart she just hugged me and it didn't say anything just hugged me and rubbed my back and then I said okay I think I can go on now after a few minutes and she said okay you can do this and she released me I have no idea who she is I swear she, she's I, like an angel I, I might find out in heaven that it literally was an angel I don't know Wow. Yeah. So God bless that girl, man. She just saw for she really saw it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important when somebody's going through the wave, you don't determine when that wave is done. Right. The person going through the wave gets to determine when that wave is done. Right. Um, and no words are necessary. In fact, usually words are really <laughs> unhelpful. Unhelpful. I mean, there's so few things you can say to somebody in that moment that can make they can bring comfort. All the things we think bring comfort usually don't. So, um, so I mean, I would say if anything, maybe if you have any, any Bible verse of comfort in your brain that you can pull out and just speak those words over them, speak the words, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. But even that, I've heard women say that was the worst thing that could have been said to them because nothing feels okay to them in the midst of grief. So just choose your words carefully, but physical touch is huge, huge. Physical touch is huge. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good tip. Yeah. It's a great tip. And 
I guess I should say it was huge for me. Maybe it's not for everybody. Grief is, it is very individual. So maybe there are some people who don't like touch. So maybe you could say, hey, do you mind if I rub your back? Or if you don't ask them and you do start rubbing their back, follow their social cues. If they're, you know, fidgeting under your hand, maybe take your hand off of their back. Um, so I would just say, let the person in grief lead the situation. Yeah. As uncomfortable as that is for the person, the person standing by, you want to gotta be more uncomfortable <laughs> with the person going through it. No, I, I mean, think geez. it actually is. Really? Sometimes. I mean, the bystander, it, it, nobody likes somebody else's grief. It's, it's a super uncomfortable place. So I would say just let the person lead. Yeah. Wow. I had a person, um, so I've lost, uh, my biological mom and we were close, in a um, very different way. And, um, mm. she died like, gosh, I don't know. Um, seven years ago or so. And there was one time, shout out to Kim Heinrich, Henrik. I always say her <laughs> name wrong, but we call her little Kim, but she has experienced a lot of loss. Mm. And one thing that helped me, like for me, loss, um, hits me like in a suffocation way. Yes. I feel absolutely like yes. if it really hits, it's a suffocation. Yeah. Um, there's nowhere to put the thought. Yeah. And it's so hard. I feel suffocated. I really do feel that suffocated. That is a great way to say it, which you can understand why people have panic attacks. Yes. So easily and great. Yeah. It's just like you hit a wall <laughs> and I felt, suff I feel suffocated. So, mm. um, she did die. Like I found out she died cr Christmas Eve. Mm. So Christmas at some points for like the first four years were not that big of a deal for some reason. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden one Christmas season, I was a wreck, mm. like a wreck. And I was just mm -hmm. like, I kept telling myself, Oh, I should be over this now. Like, why am I over this now? Like, why is this coming now mm -hmm. when I should have been more, it should have hit me like, at, like a while ago, like, mm -hmm. or, hello, Christmas Eve. Like, yeah. you know, um, and seasons are weird too. Like that way, like, you know, just even where you are in a season, like even yeah. the temperature freaking outside can yeah. determine something like this. But yeah. I had a friend come over who had experienced a lot of loss and she, I had just happened to tell her like, yeah, I'm just having a really hard time this season. I don't know why. Like I just like to talk myself out of pain because yeah. I want to be done Yes. or I want to be past I, I feel like hard on myself. Yeah. Like I should be done with that. I have, you know, like you have a million things going on. Yes. Yes. Everybody nobody needs got you. Time for this. Ain't nobody got time for that. Like, <laughs> I, like my, my family needs me. Yes. Okay. So yes. obviously Tiffany can't take care of Tiffany. <laughs> God forbid. And it's not like they don't want me to. It's just that I, I'm doing this to myself. Yeah. I know. They're not sitting around telling me not to take care of myself. Right. I'm telling myself this. Yep. yep. Okay. So anyway, Kim comes over and she uh, has a candle and she's kind of like a little mother nature girl. She just, she'll, she'll have this ability. She taught me how to cook a turkey, which I've soon forgot, but <laughs> she'll come into your house and just take over. And she came to my house, lit a candle and she's, and she said, you're going to, you're going to light this candle for the rest of the month. And this is going to help. This is going to, this is going to, you're going to look at this and it's going to remind you of her. And that this is your release. It's your release. Oh, just yeah. that remind, let the remembrance live. Yeah. Yeah. Let the moment live. And and since then I have had 
my grandfather, uh, I lost him in October and we were close and a woman in my workout class, she brought me a candle too then. So candles are my thing. Yes. Where lighting the candle and keeping it alive. Yes. It just helps me. Um, and that's a loss of a person. So I don't know, like maybe it's different. Like, no, it's not different. Okay. This is the loss of a is a loss of a marriage, but it's the loss. People call divorce a living loss. So you still face that person. They're still alive, but it's very similar to the death of a person in a lot of ways. So no, I think that is, and what the candle did is it, it set a space in your life for here. This grief is acceptable here. Yeah. And I see it and I'm facing it and I'm not shooing it away. Right. It's going to be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And you're letting it exist. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot, I want to light a candle right now. I'm like, <laughs> God, I kind of miss her. Like, I. <laughs> where's that candle? Um... <laughs> I'm looking around. I don't see anything. <laughs> when you leave, I'm going to light a candle. But no, I just, yeah. And, and it gives you that reason to think about it. Yeah. Yep. Instead of dismiss it. Yep. Right. Because it's going to show its ugly face right, at, some at some point. point. So, so you yeah. may as well deal with it. You might no. as well deal with it. Yeah. I had another friend who, uh, in grief too, um, she was experiencing loss of a marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, she has a hard time because she dealt in her past, like um, she moved around a lot. She wasn't allowed to, like she had a lot of trauma as far as just moving around a lot. So she, her grief was totally... Mm how she dealt with things is just totally shoving away, yep. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and God, like I didn't know how to help her, but through praying for her, I did get a vision of an onion, which is so mm. crazy. And I've since told people this, but when you peel it, like there's layers yeah. to an onion, right? Yeah. So undoing the layers of your marriage and just because that marriage was put together. Yes. Okay. That marriage, that thing was put together. Yeah. And so, to undo that, yes. you don't just, you peel back layers and layers yes. and layers and layers of, and, and, and that's good, you know, peeling back layers. And yeah. guess what happens? This person would not acknowledge the pain. And when you unpeel the layers, you, what does an onion do when you peel back layers? It makes you cry. Stinks. Well, that too. <laughs> the, the onion yeah, makes, totally you, makes cry. you cry. Yeah. But then yeah. when it's done, it's done. Yeah. So anyway, yep. that's another, that it's a visual really too good. that really helped. Yeah. Um, I like that. Especially probably for a marriage in a way mm-hmm. because, because that person does still exist. Mm-hmm. Yep. And yep. Yeah. So anyway, okay. Back to, that was a little sidetrack <laughs> to grief. Yeah. The G word. Um, yeah. So, you know, however you decide to scripture, music, meditations, um, you know, they all come from different walks of different things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exercise is huge. Like I said before, um, a lot of people say yoga has been super helpful. I, and for me, it was very, very helpful. I started taking hot yoga classes and I would just sob my way through those classes half the time. Wow. But, um, there's a, the whole premise of yoga is acceptance and there's, it's okay to sit there and sob through the whole class. There's no, because of the culture of yoga, there's no shame in that. 
there's no scorning or you know look at what is she doing over there her shoulders are you know shaking and she's supposed to be holding the eagle pose <laughs> right right um so i'm sure i looked totally ridiculous half the time but that was really really helpful for me too and i know a lot of women say that yoga becomes sort of a lifeline for them but running anything that gets those endorphins going mm -hmm. is really really helpful um you may find that you're throwing up a lot because grief grief makes you throw up um and so combating that with feeding your body healthy things i mean it's all it's not rocket science it seems so obvious but i it's just stuff that maybe i'm just really ignorant and i didn't know but feeding your body with healthy fuels even if it's all you can eat is one meal a day because you just don't have it in you to eat anymore because like you don't have an energy to eat but what about like even the energy to go get the food to feed yourself well that's often where when you're in those crisis times you hopefully have community around you people around you family around you that say it's time to eat your salad or it's time and I literally had that I had people telling me when to eat um, and it's a season it does not last forever but and the throwing up doesn't last forever or the whatever your however your body handles the grief doesn't last forever but having people around you say okay now you need to make the phone call to such and such or now you need to eat or now you need to take your kids to blah 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 or we can't forget to pick up somebody from yeah. baseball practice whatever it is and you have four kids yeah so and thankfully i did have um my parents came very quickly uh when my whole situation imploded and basically lived with us for a number of months and i was very very lucky in that regard i know of many women who unfortunately don't have that so if you are the if you are the person who is grief adjacent, you're not the one walking in the grief. Think of very practical ways. A gift certificate for a massage. A massage can be so healing in the midst of grief. A gift certificate to a coffee house. Uh, um, bringing groceries by. Bringing laundry soap by. Like things that just get completely overlooked um, when you're in that state of grief are super, super helpful. There's very easy, tangible ways saying, can I take your kids for half a day? Or, hey, I wanna do all of your driving to your kids' activities today. Just tell me where they need to be and when they need to be there. And I'm gonna take the whole driving afternoon for you. Um, so just really practical things like that. So when your parents came, like, okay, so everything imploded. And then I think a lot of people in grief they're like, how long is this going to last? Like how long, yeah. or like even on the outside, well, how long am I going to feel this way? Yeah. Like I know that everybody feels different. I mean, everybody experiences it differently, but yeah. just like that initial like crisis, that initial crisis to, I mean, is there a way to kind of gauge that? Like, nope, no, no. <laughs> so like, but, but right now you don't need your parents to come right at this moment. Yeah. So how long, I and mean, I, okay. How I long is this? very, you have to be so careful to compare right. one person's walk of grief with another person's. Mm -hmm. And the luxuries. I had the luxury of having parents who could come to me. 
so maybe that helped me walk my road a little bit faster and I don't want to speak as though my road is done because it's not like I'm in I'm still in the middle of it and um, but there are other women who out of sheer necessity cannot cannot face their grief entirely until maybe next year when they are through the crisis of in in a divorce situation through or leaving a toxic relationship once they're through all the transitions, which takes a year or two usually, then maybe they start yeah. facing their grief. Right. Um, and even acknowledging, hey, I know I'm not facing my grief right now, but I am going to, after I sell this house and get us into an apartment and blah, 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 blah. Like take get care my of job. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that woman, out of pure necessity, cannot face her grief until then. And she just has to put a lock on it. So like fight or flight mode for two years. Yeah. That's a pure I adrenaline all the time in those situations. Yeah. Jeez. And and it doesn't mean grief won't pop its ugly head up. Right. But maybe she doesn't go through her full healing whether I mean getting in counseling maybe won't happen in for a year or two. Right. As quickly as you can get into counseling with somebody who specializes in abuse or toxic relationships the better and for your kids. But um but th- you do have to take into account survival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Survival. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, um, so people that haven't experienced grief yet um, to this level that we're talking about, <clears throat> I guess some practical things to do because, you know, I've experienced a little bit of grief in a different way and you've, you're experiencing, yeah. you know, um, having a routine in place mm-hmm. that you're already like mm-hmm. stick to. Um, mm-hmm. When I did lose my mom, I I signed up for a half marathon. Mm. That train helped train my. Yes. And it's predictable. It's predictable. Yes. Um, it gives you a time to let yourself think. Yep. Whatever happens, happens. Um, see, I guess even talking about it, it's like I am kind of a practical person. Yeah. Like giving my way an outlet to be practical, but also get, allow myself to have those times where it's like, all right, if the shit hits the fan, the shit hits the fan, you know, it's like, um, what I learned from exercise through grief, um, was that in counseling EMDR, have you heard, are you familiar with that? Right. Yeah. Um, I did EMDR as, um, I, it's just eye movement, whatever. It's a therapy Mm -hmm. that counselors use, um, good ones. And I noticed that I was telling my counselor, I was like, golly, every time I go freaking running, it's like I start bawling my eyes out. It's like, <laughs> what's my problem? I don't even, I could not even be thinking about anything. Yes. And I start crying. Yes. She goes, oh, Tiffany, she's just like, that's EMDR. Because when you're running, you're right, left, yes. right, left, right? And that's part of the EMDR process is that you're, there's like this, eye movement thing that you do, um, that gets your brain actually physically working a certain way. And then you have a thought and it triggers an emotion and then boom, and you don't even know why you're crying. (laughs) And so it was the most bizarre thing ever. And, um, it told your body is, it's trippy. It's totally trippy. I had a friend who, was going through grief um, through a marriage as well. And she, her tongue literally puffed up so big Ugh. that she couldn't talk. The body keeps the score. 
It absolutely, you cannot run from your body. I mean, and she couldn't, like, she had this, like, tick almost for, like, yeah. six months yeah. where she, her tongue was completely swollen. Yes. And constantly, like, I obviously, I can't show you on a mic what that looked like, <laughs> but if you could picture someone trying to move their tongue over their teeth where they're, like, moving taste buds, like, yeah. like, like you're licking your t- underneath your teeth, yeah. underneath the roof of your mouth with your tongue, and you're like, it's your tongue is so swollen that you're just constantly yeah. having to l- like move the taste buds underneath your yeah. teeth yeah. in a way that keeps you whatever. So we would be talking, and she constantly do it, and I'm just like, we did not know what that was. And I mean, did she know what it was? Did no, she, did she, she went into them? she went into a doctor, I think, and was just like, you know, and she never really got a solid answer. Yeah, never really was a solid answer. I don't know who she was seeing, but yeah, um, trippy. Yeah. lost tons of weight. Yeah, um, for me, it wasn't really weight related. It was like I wanted to sleep a ton. Yeah, yeah. sleep was definitely <laughs> not a problem. In fact, somebody was just like pointed out a male actually not my husband my husband wasn't available very much but at the time but he a male told me um that we were we were living with friends at the time and he was just like tiffany you're depressed and just hearing that was like oh you know Mm -hmm. yeah i am Mm -hmm. i straight up am Mm -hmm. you know um that's kind of how and it's weird like coming out of it I did not think I was going to talk about grief. <laughs> where is this coming from? This is not, I feel like I just, I don't know where this is, but it's like, oh God. Okay. Because well, you're, you're in the grief stricken column. I guess I am. You are. I am. Um, I think I always try to minimize that. Yes. I hate that. Because um, it's so messy. Yeah. Have you, uh, there's a, um, a graphic that, floats around out there about grief and it shows a straight line going um, horizontal on a piece of paper and then it drops down like into a valley and comes back up and is level with the first line going straight across the paper again. So hopefully I'm describing that okay. Yeah. And that says, this is how you you were told grief would look. And then the next graphic is that straight line going horizontal across and then it goes down into the valley and there's, it looks like a two-year-old came and scribbled all over that valley. And then you come back up to the other side of it with the horizontal straight line. But that, it looks like a giant ball of yarn thrown up in the air and tossed around. Grief is unpredictable and messy. And yet it does have some of the similar characteristics no matter what the, the source of the loss is that you're facing. Okay. Yeah. So... To answer your question about grief, it sucks. <laughs> okay. And yet, <laughs> and yet, one really important part of grief okay. is humor. Okay. Find the funny. Find, Find the, funny. the funny. Whether that is, um, I mean, like I could laugh about that Costco thing a few days later to my girlfriends because reenacting the whole thing looks pretty Yeah, I, I think after this, I think I want to see how you looked over, hunched over that big cart. Costco cart is like, yes, it's out there. Find funny friends who make you laugh. Find friends who send you the most crass cards in the mail that just yeah. speak the totally truth. Totally inappropriate. Want to. We want inappropriate. Yes. Yeah. Go to a comedy show, watch a funny movie. Like humor is, 
I mean, the Bible says laughter is medicine for the soul. Absolutely. It's somewhere in Proverbs. I can't remember where. Yes. Um, I... But that is the absolute truth. Yeah. Humor is huge. I, my family was gifted tickets to a comedy show in the midst of our crisis time. Oh, okay. Was that person that gave you that comedy show, were they, had they experienced grief? Yes, she has. Okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah. See? I hadn't thought, thought about that, but yes. And um, it was such a good night for my kids and I. It was clean comedy, so they could listen to all right. the jokes. Darn it. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but if someone could do clean comedy and make you laugh, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. So in the midst of where you feel like you're crying all the time, which you're really not, but you feel like you are, to have a night of laughter is so healing and so bonding for when it's a family going through trauma together. Right. So take your grieving friend to a comedy show. Take him to a comedy show. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have survived part of my marriage without comedy. You know, there's just parts. That does not sound good. Yeah. Well, I mean, just like the waves of like the, when the kids were really, really little and we were yes. just surviving, you know, yes. we were both, we had both have a great sense of humor. So we do daily really well. Mm -hmm. So daily's for us got us through because it's the yes. little little laughs that yes. just kind of just slowly carried through that season yeah. you know yeah. um yeah so next time i want to sum this up but next time we're going to be talking about um the kid aspect you have four kids how do we deal with the kid factor with yeah. grief loss um the partner of uh someone who's been abusive you know how yeah. the kids work into the family environment of the person who's been abused and what that has done with the kids. You have yeah. all this information. Uh, I want to talk about that. Um, but to sum up what we have talked about today, some takeaways for sure. Grief, people that have experienced grief, people that have not experienced grief, both it's imperative that you know both sides mm -hmm. and how to deal with somebody that is going mm -hmm. through it and, and knowing for yourself that you will go through it. Yeah. So what are things that you can do to prepare for yourself for grief? Yes, okay. Prepare now. Prepare now. Have have a routine. Have um, community. Community. Hands Be down. Be intentional about setting up intentional relationships in your life so that when grief hits it any will. of them or you, mm -hmm. you're all in it together. Better prepared, yeah. Better prepared for that. Um what else did we say? Uh, just knowing the character traits of grief, how physical it can be. The, that you're okay, accept it. Yeah, yeah. The unpredictability, um, how your body might react. Thinking it's, of it as waves. Waves. You know? Sit in the waves, don't run from them. Inviting the pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, sitting in the pain, don't dismiss it. Mm -hmm. It will pass, mm -hmm. that it kind will. of thing. Yeah. And then for somebody who has never been through grief, um, oh, and then, you know, getting in a grief counseling group, I'm mm -hmm. sure just, yeah. where can you find that? Churches, um, online, you can yeah. do this online if you're not comfortable in a thing. I mean, just, even if you can just type in yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I would listen to, um, I, well, I think I said this, I put my phone up to my ear at night and I just turn on my Bible app uh -huh. and I would start at Psalm one and I would listen for hours upon hours to the Psalms. Because the Psalms are hugely comforting in the state of grief. There's, I mean, that yeah, that entire book of the Bible is comfort, and and it shows all range of human emotion. 
So uh, that's where I found a lot of comfort was just pouring pouring the psalms into my brain as much as I could that kept me centered and insane yeah <clears throat> centered and sane yeah CNS <laughs> <laughs> and then also with okay so and then the people that who have not experienced grief yes we talked about that but also like watching someone experience grief mm-hmm. Being that person who's just sitting by that person. Yeah. Get comfortable. Imagine yourself being with somebody that is going through something like that. Do not ask. Don't fix it. Yes. Don't fix it. Don't oh. use the F word. Okay. <laughs> don't use that word. Okay. Yep. The F word is not good there. Yep. Um, and then find the humor. And find can. the humor. Yeah. Find the humor. So. Find the funny. Find the funny. So thank you, Lindsay, for coming to talk on this topical life. And um, this concludes our second week. Our third week is coming upon us. Um, if you have not listened to the past week, listen, listen, catch up because this is all this is an all inclusive experience. And wow, I want to go to a resort in Mexico. Or something. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, again, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yes. You're very kind. You've been listening to this topical life with Tiffany Murphy available through Podbean, iTunes, and Google play. Look for us on Instagram and Facebook donations to help support this topical life can be made through Patreon at patreon.com front slash this topical life likes and comments are always appreciated. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time for more real conversation real exploration, real life stories on this topical life, because life ain't a vacation.